Hey you guys, tickets have officially gone on sale for my next virtual conference. In May, we did Rise Live Courage, and now we're doing Rise Live Healthy and Happy. We're spending an entire day, nine plus hours of programming with some of the greatest speakers in the world, all talking about how to live your life in such a way that you have the energy to have the life of your dreams. What does it look like to learn to eat intuitively? What does it look like to move your body in celebration? What does it look like to approach health from a place of love and celebration instead of shame? We believe that healthy and happy is about how you feel, not about how you look. So I am joined by incredible people like Jay Shetty and Stacy Flowers, Kelly Levesque, Dave Hollis, Trent Shelton, motivating the crap out of you. Me, talking about inspiration. And if you've ever been to a Rise conference before, you better believe you're also going to hear from Beans and Chris. It's going to be a day of fun and energy and so empowering. If you feel like you have fallen off your plan inside of quarantine, if you feel like you need a kick in the pants to get you motivated again, this is the day for you, and tickets start at $40. You can go to thehollisco.com right there at the top of the page. You'll see a big banner. Click on it. Let's hang out. Let's get fired up together. If we had some more honest conversations at the beginning of this when it wasn't a problem that had become because of the silence a bigger thing Mm -hmm. it would have probably been easier for us to traverse welcome to the rise podcast i'm rachel hollis and i've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a google search bar each week we'll be sharing tangible, direct advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. In this week's episode, we're going to throw it back to one of the most popular interviews I've ever done. It was a conversation that I had with my husband about one of the hardest seasons of our marriage and one of the most difficult conversations we've ever had. Since we've recently launched our own couples podcast, I thought it might be great to bring it back and to give you an idea of the kind of conversations that even though they're hard, make your relationship so much stronger. I hope you enjoy this rewind and to get more info like this, be sure and subscribe to the Rise Together podcast, which comes out every Thursday. I want to unpack that conversation. So we, I had gone to this, I'd gone to this conference. I was feeling really inspired. You were having, you know, those, the feelings that you were having and we're probably nine months removed from me going to the conference And I was honestly feeling frustrated and getting close to resentful is is the truth. But I didn't want to tell Dave, I'm feeling frustrated because you're not growing because that sounds so mean. Like how can you just demand someone has the desire to grow or change? So I did what is the worst thing I think you can do in marriage or partnerships in work is um, say nothing. So say nothing and chew on your resentment and get really frustrated. Um, And I, it just kept getting, those, those feelings grow and fester. And then they, they come out in ways they're not supposed to. Like you're, you know, you know, it's like, 
can you hand me the mustard? You're like, why do you need the mustard? Like, you're, <laughs> it, it's, it comes out in a totally inappropriate way because you're not processing. And that's hard because it's, it's like, I know what I would hope for from our marriage and our relationship, but I also love you so much and I don't want to hurt your feelings. And I knew that it would hurt your feelings. Yeah. So um, I finally just got to a place where I'm like, you, this is not, this is super unhealthy on my part to bottle it all up. Um, there's the old saying, um, to be unclear is to be unkind. So it's usually used for work, but it's it, it works in marriage. Like if you are frustrated with your partner, but you're not telling them why, and not in a mean way, but in a helpful, you know, whatever. So Also though, I think if there's any learning too, and like I think we're both better about it in the aftermath of confronting something that was hard, there were some tears, mostly for me, about <laughs> having to kind of look in the mirror at this and, and you know, push myself, even in a season where I didn't feel like pushing myself. Mm -hmm. If we'd had some more honest conversations at the beginning mm -hmm. of this, when it wasn't a problem that had become, because of the silence, a bigger thing, mm -hmm. it would have probably been easier for us to traverse. Sure. I think in our minds, we sometimes make anything at the beginning seem like it is bigger than it ultimately sure. is. And if there's anything in this, it would have been, hey, if, if we could have just had more direct, honest, open conversation about how we're feeling, it may not have acted as a catalyst immediately, but mm -hmm. at least would have taken some of the poison out of what ended up being sure. a harder conversation when nine months had gone by sure. and mustard was creating sure. a, a bad Yeah, and I think and I want to... Um, I'm going to say my sort of tangible things, and I would love for you to offer that too, because my hope with this podcast is always that we are offering tangible wisdom. So I'll tell you the steps that I took to get the courage to have that conversation with Dave. And I would love if you could then give them the steps that you, after that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so I would just say too, as you're listening to this, because I know we have a predominantly female audience screenshot that you're listening to this podcast and put it up on your Instagram today. Tag me at Miss Rachel Hollis, tag Dave, Mr. Dave Hollis. Um, tell us that you're up to and also send this to your partner. If you think that this is this wisdom is valuable or if you hear some of yourself in these conversations or your relationship in these conversations, man, send it to your partner today. It might be the catalyst that you need to have this hard conversation. Yeah, and for anyone... <clears throat> guy-wise, who ends up listening to this, uh, it's okay to have feelings. It's okay to have conversation. <laughs> it's okay to become vulnerable with your spouse. It's okay to confess to having hard times. It's okay, I know, to cry if you're feeling emotional. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the sooner that you can become comfortable being authentic and vulnerable with your spouse, the sooner that you're going to have a relationship that you are on fire for. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it's not, and it's not easy. It's not easy in part because society and our parents, maybe, or our fathers, or our whatever, uh, you know, just haven't necessarily always given a signal that it's okay to be those things. I promise you, if you take a leap, your spouse, this person that you are in relation with, is going to love mm -hmm. it. Um, so do it. Yeah. So um, I was feeling all these things. I didn't want to say anything, and I honestly. Um, knew that I needed to have the conversation. So I started to ask myself, like, what is the outcome that I would hope for from this? Because I think with anything, business or life, if you imagine the outcome or the results that you want, you will 
better frame the conversation. So I started to think about the outcome. I prayed about it a lot. Like, Lord, please give me the right language and the right words and let me come at this from um, a humble place. Because I think a conversation like this could really easily, whether it had been me saying it to you or you saying it to me, can really easily make the other person defensive. For sure. Uh, So I tried to be very humble about it. I also uncharacteristically, I remember I talked really slowly and I think it was, it was such a breakthrough for us because many times in those situations you can become defensive. Yes. You are the greatest debater I've ever met in my entire life. You're like such a good, you could, Dave will argue you to the end of the world. And I tend to shut down in those situations because I I hate confrontation. So at the beginning, I think I said something like, please, 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 like try and hear me and and fight the urge. And you were so open, even when it was hard, to just receiving it and processing instead of jumping to, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. I think anyone who, well, anyone who's going to have a person that they care most about in the world tell them something that is a is, is a criticism mm-hmm. of them the first the first response just human nature wise is defense uh-huh. no, no 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 but 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 yeah if if though and i think the the credit that you deserve in having had this conversation in this way was it was all approached with a with an eye to my best interest mm-hmm our relationship's best interest, our marriage's best interest, our children's best interest, all of it was, I love you enough to have a hard conversation Mm -hmm. with you. And it's harder than, I mean, you still can, trust me, if you, as a listener, thinking about having a conversation that's tough uh, for your spouse, they're going to have to push through, Mm -hmm. first, the defensiveness, second, you know, there's probably if they're going to be totally you know if they're going to totally admit it like i was not proud necessarily of some of what i'd let happen in life i you know some of the coping mechanisms mm-hmm. of being a little more frustrated about some of the stuff that was happening generally in mm-hmm. life were showing up in having a little more to drink than i'd like having a little less enthusiasm about some of the social stuff that we were doing mm-hmm not being the best version of a dad that mm-hmm. I'd want to be. Mm-hmm. And when you have someone who cares about you, who can put a mirror up and show you those mm-hmm. things, it's hard to have mm-hmm. to look them, look at them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the word shame is a super loaded word, but you know, like there yeah. is some shame yeah. in having to confront not being the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So where you were, trying to cast what you'd hope the best outcome could be, I actually, interestingly, ended up going down a little bit of a different path, which was casting the, if I don't make change, mm-hmm. what does my life look like yeah. if Leverage. I, right? Like, what, what does my life look, look like if I don't take a dramatic step mm-hmm. in trying to be a better version of myself? Yeah. And it, here's the thing, heads up. Uh, we're both great yeah. as we are. We're going to be greater because of choosing to every single day try to be a better version of ourselves. Uh, and if I had just stayed in the kind of spot that I was, I still feel like, you know, hey, on balance, 
it'd be a pretty good yeah. version of humans. Yeah. <laughs> but it wouldn't be great. Yeah. It wouldn't be extraordinary. Yeah. It wouldn't be yeah. uh, the best version. And that idea that, like, I mean, I've, my kids will ask, like, we'll go out to the hot tub. It's ask any question you want kind of thing. My kids will always ask, what, what's your biggest fear? And they want to hear, like, big spiders. Yeah. They want to hear, like, Godzilla's real. Yeah. And I have said, and they don't understand it yet, not living up to my potential. Yeah. Right? Because to whom much is given, much is expected. Amen. It's written on the wall of our living room. I, I know that we're on this earth to change it. I know that we're going to do even greater things than we have already done. Mm-hmm. And when you you were you know strong enough to come and have a conversation with me about having a life that actually accommodated living fully into my potential, mm-hmm. it struck such a chord because that's the thing I fear mm-hmm. the most, mm-hmm. that God's given me so many gifts mm-hmm. and that I might waste them because yeah. of being in a funk. Yeah. And man, that was so motivating yeah. that I was like, all right. Yeah. Hey, y'all, if you are looking for something to complement the foods that you are already eating to bless your body, I want to make sure you know about Saqqara's Clean Boutique. It's the perfect complement for your eating journey with organic, whole food-based healthy snacks, supplements, and heartwarming teas that round out your rituals beautifully. Complete your Saqqara life and ensure you're getting all the essential plant nutrition you need every day with The Foundation, the brand's curated vitamin packs. And if you want to check it out, right now Saqqara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to saqqara.com slash rise or enter code rise at checkout. That's Saqqara, S-A-K-A-R-A, dot com slash rise to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash rise. I'm sorry for having not been the best version mm-hmm. of myself for the last however long it's been. I want to commit today to being better. Let's do it together. Yeah. And and the accountability in you know each other is sure. has been a great thing. But um the well, model, the model that you know Rachel was during the time leading up to the conversation, was also great because it was so easy to see the impact of reaching for better, and the impact that that was, ha- mm-hmm. you know, the impact of reaching for better was having this extraordinary effect on just who you were and your outlook and your optimism and your drive to do and be more for the tribe and the drive to, to do and be more for the people at Chic. So, well, I good think work. Um, uh, part of it too um, is the accountability that can exist within an, within a healthy relationship. So I remember that when I told you all of that stuff that night, when we had that conversation, I remember that your first instinct was it was, it was painful for you that we would even have to have the conversation. And I reminded you about some conversations we'd had over the course of our marriage where you had to confront me with some truths that were really hard. I had a, a, a few years, and this is actually in the book, Girl, Wash Your Face, comes out in February. But um, that was a shameless plug, and I don't even it's care. It's not shameless. <laughs> it's just a plug. And Girl, Wash Your Face is going to change the lives of every single person who looks at it. Thank so you, babe. you're welcome. Um, Hashtag you're welcome. Uh, but I had um, quite a few years when our kids were younger where I was a workaholic. 
and and not in a flippant way like in a actually work until you make yourself sick don't show up for your family don't show up for your marriage and we had had you had had to confront me with those truths that were very hard for me to swallow as um, a young mom like hey you're not showing up for your kids in the way that you would want to because it's easier to be at work than it is to be here and i that conversation was devastating to me but it helped me become a better version it helped it held a mirror up to me. So I was able to that night remind you like, babe, I know this is hard, but remember how many times you've done this for me. And I think that that's sort of like, oh, okay. Yeah. This so is helpful. what we do. No, it was a massive help because it, in that moment, I felt like I'd failed in some ways. And what you realize is everyone fails in some ways mm -hmm. that there are times when, you know, if, especially if you have a healthy relationship, there are going to be times when one person is pulling the other one up the ladder and then there's going to be another time when that other person is pulling the person up the ladder. Uh, you know, the balance, balance in life, but balance in a marriage. It's a little bit of an illusion, yeah. right? There's always, there are always going to be times in this work-life balance conversation where work takes a priority to your personal mm -hmm. life and where other times where your personal life can take a priority to work. Same thing in mm -hmm. terms of who's, you know, pulling or leading or modeling or inspiring you 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 want to be in a place where hey if i have a season where it's not ideal i can depend on the person i'm with mm -hmm. to help get me through it and vice versa her rachel bringing that up was a huge help in the midst of feeling you know it, it yeah. feeling the, the feeling the feelings of having to look in the mirror of like oh yeah look I'm not alone in this marriage yeah. for having had a time when I needed to have somebody yeah. say something. Which well, is so really, so really we great. we have this conversation. It's really good, and then we decide to go to UPW together. UPW is Tony Robbins Conference Unleash the Power Within. It was a conference I had gone to nine months before and really loved, and that was kind of the solution in our minds. Was like, why don't you come and see? And I think that you maybe walked into that weekend nervous. I walked into that weekend skeptical yeah more than anything because uh it just seemed crazy yeah -ish. Um, <laughs> it does if you guys look up any yeah. footage of him it seemed it, it here's seems the thing crazy. it seemed crazy and in a weird way and i don't know if this is like a masculinity thing or something but like the idea of needing to go to somebody to help you be a better version of you meant that you couldn't be the better version on your own mm -hmm. but also uh and I don't think it was just him. It was any motivational speaker. Oh yeah, speaker no, it was just generally whole, yeah. like just the self help space. Yeah. Generally, was a little bit of an affront to what had for me in life. I, I mean, I'm, gosh, I just feel so much blessing for having always had things kind of go my way. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be honest, mm -hmm. and the idea that I now needed uh, help not just from my wife but from a giant <laughs> <laughs> seemed um, seemed odd, but. Uh, on the back end of that conversation, I committed to going 100%, mm -hmm. even though I didn't want to, even mm -hmm. though- Go all I, in. Go all yeah. in. I That's went, what I, we uh, say right. at the start of Rise. I, all we ask is that you go all yeah. in. Yeah. And it's interesting, leave. as a leader, I sit in rooms where we're doing, not trust falls, but HR kinds of things, mm -hmm. where it's a leadership you know, like mo module or some kind of- mentoring thing and i always will say you will get out of this what you put into it mm -hmm. you will get out of this what you put into it give your all you will get so much mm -hmm. and here I, I just honestly i didn't feel like that was the thing i wanted to do but 
on the back end of this, it was like, look, if I'm going to try and really reach for better, then I got to try and go all in. Mm -hmm. And I was just blown away mm -hmm. by how powerful going to something that was about personal growth ended up being when I gave as much as I did. I mean, it was kind of like going to therapy for sure. 40 hours, yeah. <laughs> um, which by the way, I'm a huge fan of therapy. If anyone is listening mm -hmm. and doesn't yet go to or have someone that they speak to, uh, man, I, we can talk about that separately. All but it's the such therapy. A, yeah, therapy is an awesome thing, especially for you guys who think therapy isn't for guys. Therapy, go. Yep. Money back guarantee for me. Nope, nope not, really, not really. But <laughs> you guys are not going to believe it. But we announced something really exciting a couple of weeks ago, which was that we're gonna be in movie theaters. I'm not even making that up. We had gotten so many emails and letters and DMs asking us how you guys could experience one of our live event weekends, how you could experience Rise Weekend if you didn't have the money to go. I got so many requests for this when we were planning this year's event and it really hit me in the heart. I so wanted an answer for you. So I thought and dreamed and prayed and planned and we decided to record the entire weekend and turn it into a documentary. And I am so excited to tell you that Rachel Hollis Presents Made For More will be in theaters August 2nd in both the US and Canada. So be sure and check with your local theaters. Get your tickets now. You can find out more information on letsrise.co, which has all of our event info. But I hope to see you there. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be a chance for all of us to come together in community to see a movie with all of our faces on it, which is so crazy, but also to experience one of our conferences for the cost of a movie ticket. It's about 13 bucks. I hope I will see you there. So we, we went to this conference. It was incredible for the both of us. Um, but what came out of it was, and we had always, you know, we had a date night and we always committed to a great marriage and we're best friends and all of those things. But we left that conference and we were like, we don't want a good marriage. We don't even want a great marriage. We want an exceptional marriage. And how could we live our lives in order to have an exceptional marriage? Um, and I'll tell you, just just even asking that question then shifts things in your life. So I make um, every single day I write, I've talked about this before, but every single day I write like my 15 goals, my current goals for my life. And they're big and grandiose and crazy. And I write them as if they've already happened. And one of the goals that I write every single day is I am an exceptional mom. And the next one is I am an exceptional wife. And often when I'm writing that, then I will ask my question, what can I do right now to make this true? So like when you get a text that is in the middle of the day that's telling you how sexy you are, how much I love you, or how much I appreciate something, it's usually because I've just written that sentence and I'm asking myself, how, do, how can I follow this up with action? Yeah. And in my goals, part of it is the language that I'm using in the goal setting. It's a present tense mind hack, if you will, 
you know, I'm in sick physical shape, you know, mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, hey, I just, my brain thinks that because I say it over and over, it's part of what motivates me to be in the gym five or six days a week. Yeah, you don't but, say, I want to get in shape. That creates blockades in your mind. You say, I am in shape, and your mind's like, okay, I, is that the truth? Or I'll figure out how to get you there. Yeah, and so the language in our marriage is, I pursue my wife. Mm-hmm. And the pursue word is a trigger then for what am I doing to actually pursue my wife? Mm-hmm. If it's about our dates or if it's about the texts in the daytime mm-hmm. or a quick phone call or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, if if I say that every morning, if I write that down every morning and I don't act on it, well, what, what's, what good is it? Mm-hmm. So it actually acts as a bit of a trigger and is part of, again, this pursuit of an exceptional marriage. So to wrap up this little section, because we went off on a pretty hard tangent here, uh, how do you change someone else? How do you change your marriage? Change yourself. You change yourself. That's right. High five. High five. Uh, okay, back on this guy, and we'll kind of wrap this up. One thing we haven't talked about for, uh, I think we're both pretty passionate about this idea. We both work, like how are we successful in this space? We need to talk about Enneagram. Mm. Um, and we sound like crazy people when we say this, unless you're listening and you've already done your Enneagram, in which case you're like, oh, I don't know a single person who's done the Enneagram test and hasn't been like, holy crap. So little, like, if you don't know what it is, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, Enneagram, you can Google, like, free Enneagram test. It's a quiz you take. It's, like, 12 minutes long. It divides personality types up by nine numbers. And this has been around since, like, ancient Greece. It's really, really old. You want to look it up? Ancient Greece? Look it up. Wow. Mm -hmm. The Olympics and Enneagram. Yep. Okay. Look it up. So it's been around forever. And each personality type is divided by number. And when you do your test and you read what your number is, your it's will startle you. You're like, holy crap! I didn't. I thought that that stuff. I thought I was this way because of my family of origin, but I didn't know that other people had similar families of origin. So we had done our enneagram number, and then this is the key. There's a thing where you can see how your enneagram number works and doesn't work with your partner. And that was like reading the diary of our marriage. Yeah. It was so crazy. Yeah. So I do think that that's something that has been really helpful is reading about your partner in that way. So I'm a three. I'm a nine. Uh, so I'm a, a three is an achiever, and nobody is surprised by this if you know me. Dave is nine, which is the peacekeeper. Mm-hmm. So he wants everyone to be everyone to be okay. We're all gonna we're gonna do whatever's possible to make everybody okay. Um, these two work really well together, but then there can also be some pretty strong resentment that brews between a three and a nine because a three as an achiever needs your attention. And a nine can start to resent how much attention the three needs all of the time. The three perceives that as, you don't love me anymore. Nine's like, ugh, I just want five minutes. And we've, oh my gosh, we've seen this pop up in our marriage over and over and over. Um, So that has been really helpful kind of understanding why or just giving us some tools to go like, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. Whenever we're going through something hard, it always affects us in more than one way. In the season that I've been in in my life, going through a difficult time has affected my sleep. 
I feel like I'm getting insomnia again that I haven't had in several years. And being able to talk that through with my therapist and kind of unpack why that anxiety is showing up at night or why my thoughts are racing or why I can't seem to shut my head off has been super helpful for me. And if you have considered seeing a therapist or talking to a counselor, it has never been easier to meet with someone virtually. If you are not familiar with BetterHelp, then I want to make sure that you hear about it from me. BetterHelp has counselors who specialize in everything you can imagine. Depression, stress, anxiety, anger, family conflicts, self-esteem. Anything that you share is confidential, and the service is convenient and affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener of my podcast, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com rise. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash rise. I think... Um, this isn't really for like working couples. I think this is just for any relationship. I have to really fight an instinct to keep the things that I'm thinking inside. Like so for for instance, that hard conversation that we had about making change, my instinct is lock it down, shove it down, don't talk about this, don't say anything, don't, you know, because I'm non I don't want I'm non-confrontational, right? Yeah. Um and every single time that I just will force myself to have a conversation, even if we've got to go through some some arguments or some whatever to get to the other side of it, it always comes out better. Yeah. The and my, worst. By the way, I, it's the same thing on my side because my instinct as a peacekeeper mm-hmm. is to tell Rachel what she wants to hear, uh-huh. which when it isn't what I actually mm-hmm. feel... Uh-huh creates the resentment Mm -hmm. inside of me and again every time I push against and say hey this is how I actually feel it creates a short-term kerfuffle Mm -hmm. a (laughs) short-term a kerfuffle is kerfuffle a word I don't it is now it's it creates a short-term you know moment of you know maybe making her feel something that is about insecurity or Mm -hmm. or why Mm -hmm. why why Mm -hmm. but it's Again, usually better yeah. in the long run because it, it's a it's again one of these things where like it can start as a very small thing mm-hmm. and then three months goes by mm-hmm. and she asks me where the hangers are and I'm like hangers. <laughs> well, I think um, for me, I don't ever actually yell no, about hangers. Yeah, no, for me, um, I get mad, but I'm mad because my feelings are hurt and it is just seen as mad. And I don't want to tell you why my feelings are hurt because that feels um, like very vulnerable to say like, well, it felt like this. I, a recent conversation, I think that you don't mind us telling this no. story. Um, <laughs> this is so dumb. And I can see how dumb it is in retrospect, but at the time it really hurt my feelings. People listening to this are just going to be like, you are a princess. You need to go hide somewhere. Um, so we had a babysitter on a Sunday afternoon and... I was really excited to have a babysitter. I wanted to go, like, let's go get coffee or let's go get lunch or let's go get whatever. And so I had said to Dave, 
hey, do you want to go get coffee or lunch or whatever? And he hesitated. And he was like, um, could we, because he was watching football and he was organizing his closet. It was like a big project. He had like all this stuff pulled out of the closet, whatever. And he hesitated. He was like, well, could we, I mean, I'm watching, could, like whatever. And like he just, I could tell he didn't want to go get coffee with me. And as a human being, of course, like you are just allowed to just want to watch football and like organize your closet or whatever. And it's, it seems insane to say like it felt like massive rejection to me because I want to go get coffee with you at any moment, at any time, three o'clock in the morning, you're like, you want to go hang out with me and talk for nine hours. It's such a woman thing, by the way. Um, I'm in. So when he hesitated and then he was like, no, I'll go, I'll go. But I knew it wasn't what he really wanted. It really, really hurt my feelings. Um, and it sounds silly, but we all have triggers. And a trigger for me is um, like nobody wants to Nobody loves me. Nobody wants coffee with me. Nobody wants coffee with me. Like, no, he doesn't want to. He's, you're my person. You're my best friend. And it was like, oh, he, it just, it was a spiral, right? I manifest that with anger. Like, I manifest that with like, fine, I'll go get my own coffee by myself. I'll enjoy it. Rachel put I on never, her running stuff. I did. She put on her headphones. She went to the Rose Bowl and she ran. I ran real And hard. I was like, I got... My entire closet is on the ground. No, I have a computer I'm, up with my it, fantasy football. You're living I have your best a TV life. playing. You're living this your is best a life. day that I was planning. Dang it. But of course, my impulse, again, as a peacekeeper was, let I'll me throw get- all of my things in a fire pit. <laughs> Let's go to get some coffee. <laughs> no, but it, but, but it seems so silly to say that as an argument that happened in retrospect. But that is my own insecurity bleeding through. And instead of just saying, I mean, we've been together 14 years. Instead of just saying, hey, I just wanted to hang out with you. And like the response hurt my feelings so that Dave could be like, well, dude, I was doing this. It's not about not wanting to hang out with you. I was just in the middle of something. Um, I just shove it down nice and tight and deep, whatever. And then it became a whole thing. And we had to like work through and I was crying. And it took a few days for me to get over and it was my thing to get over. It wasn't yours. But it took a few days for me to like decide that you do actually love me. What's interesting, though, because <laughs> this is coming out of... I can be very of, dramatic. But this is coming out of the conversation about Enneagram. So mm-hmm. if you know that the three yes. has these things yes. as a nine, yes. before your nine peacekeeping self comes in to try and fix it and mm-hmm. then resents having to completely redo their day to make the, the three yes. feel better, you can take a step back and say, all right, this is a part of the fabric of who this person is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the, the, the bottom line is, the more that you can understand why you are the way you are, why your spouse is the way they are, or your friend, yeah. or your boss, yeah. or your whoever it might be, yeah. the more likely that you're going to be able to show up in a way that acknowledges how they are in a way that best creates a connection that you know keeps you who you are acknowledges mm-hmm. who they are um, not knowing who they are how they are how they're wired mm-hmm. you're going to get it right some of the time yeah. but man you're going to stumble a lot more than you necessarily need to so do the test yeah. and understand yeah. how your handshake you know can work best yeah. because man it, once you do it, it really helps so what do we said we said um 
getting help, asking for help, super important. Being on the same level in terms of who does what or, or having really clear conversations about dividing and conquering so that you're both contributing in different ways. It is super unhealthy for a relationship for one partner to be carrying more of the weight than the other. I don't I don't care if, you know, you're, if your wife or your husband is drowning either uh, what would typically happen in gender roles is like your wife is drowning with the weight of carrying all that's at home or your husband is drowning under having to provide be the only provider for the family if one partner is drowning it's going to sink the whole ship yeah this is not healthy so being on the same level uh communicating a lot keeping that calendar handy and ready and and talking to each other all the time being really intentional about having a great relationship, having date nights, having sex. There, we said it. We're big, big proponents of having sex with each other. Pretty uh, weak high five, but yes. What did you say? Pretty weak high five. I know. Well, I just yeah. didn't want to mess with the audio. Good work. <laughs> um, and trying, if it's not Enneagram, it's the disc test or um, the Myers-Briggs or whatever, but just trying to understand where your partner is coming from. Uh Years ago, I heard this saying, at a, uh, the pastor said it at a wedding, and I've always loved it. He said, grace is giving someone the opposite of what they deserve. And I think that that is so real in marriage. There are so many opportunities to give someone the opposite of what they deserve in that moment. Like as a human, you're allowed to clean out your closet. But as a, as a partner, you could go, hey, if I just change my language here a little bit, it'll speak into that insecurity that she has, and I'll accomplish the thing that I want to do. I don't have to give her this, but I'm going to because I want to give her grace, and I want to love on her and take care of her. So those are our tips. Do you have anything else? I mean, I we, we like I, I just scratched the surface of the very first sentence. This episode will focus on what it means to have work-life balance. The, the 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 illusion of balance is the thing I think that we have to also maybe just spend two seconds on because I get the question a lot. How do you do it mm -hmm. all? You're an executive and you are really available to your family and you have date nights every mm -hmm. week and on and on and on and on. And the idea that, and I'm, I guess I did talk about this in the podcast from last year, but the idea that balance is even a thing, like as in, hey, it's 50-50, mm -hmm. is not real. Mm -hmm. The, the, the times when things get more hectic at work mean that you, it will just come at the expense of your availability mm -hmm. at home. And the times when work can accommodate, you're going to be more available at the house with your wife, mm -hmm. with your kids, but you have to create some carve out absolute can't compromise it kind mm -hmm. of space. I mean, if you're out of the country, okay, yeah. maybe you can't get a date night yeah. that, that day, but we're so consistent about date night. We mm -hmm. are so consistent about how our kids are dropped off from school or how mm -hmm. we participate in being there for sports, mm -hmm. whatever else it might be. Make a list of the things that are absolutely can't touch mm -hmm. them and then give yourself the grace of knowing that when things get hectic and busy, mm -hmm. you will not as a family get to sit around a dinner table every single night and that is okay. Yeah. And when the times at work afford it, man, Take off at 5 yeah. or 4.30 yeah. or whatever it yeah. might be. Technology affords yes. so many You're opportunities like to be a satellite, work from the house. Yeah. Just get home and have some extra time if your you know, uh, schedule is something that can accommodate yeah. it. But there is no such thing as real balance. Well, I also, the older that I get, the more I believe that 
if you feel out of balance with work and life, it's because you're unhappy in one or both of the areas. So uh, work, work-life balance feels out of balance when you don't like your job. I freaking love what I do. I mean, we, we both are really happy in our careers. Um, I don't know why I like winked at you. Uh, (laughs) We're both really happy in our careers and the things that we get to pursue and the work that we get to do. So it never feels out of balance to me because I love being at home and I love being here. Yeah. Um, It doesn't, and they bleed into each other all the time. The kids will come by the office or I will, you know, after we got the kids in bed last night, I was working on a marketing plan for the book. Like it just, it all feels fun. It all, I'm great. I'm so grateful. I'm so blessed. I live in a state of gratitude. It doesn't feel unbalanced. It feels like, how can I even handle all of these good things? Because that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So I feel like if you're feeling unbalanced, you need to have a conversation with yourself. Am I in the wrong career? Do I need to get my home in order? Do I need to do some stuff to help me get support in this space? Or are both of these things actually great? And I just need to be starting my day and living my day in a space of gratitude. Different mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Good point. You're the best. Good work. You're the best too, honey. I love you. I love you more. Thanks for uh, chatting with me. 10-4, good buddy. We will be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, if you have a moment and you can write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that is life to those of us who work so hard to produce every single episode. For more information, you can check out deuspodcast.com or stalk me on every form of social media. I am Miss Rachel Hollis on every single platform. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week. So this week, I announced my next book. It's called Didn't See That Coming. It's all about how you put your life back together after your world falls apart. I actually wrote this inside of quarantine because I wanted something that y'all could read as you transition out of the crisis of a pandemic. And then inside of writing it, my world fell apart. And this is a story of how you keep on going. This is a story of the tactics and the tools that I have used time and time again when I have gone through grief or loss or trauma. The book comes out on September 29th and you can find it today. You can pre-order wherever books are sold. And yes, I am narrating the audio as always. But if you pre-order, meaning if you buy it any time before September 29th, if you go to didn'tseethatcomingnewbook.com, you can get my one-hour course on how to rebuild. How do you rebuild your life? Free one-hour course plus a workbook that you can print out and utilize to start the process. It's something that I thought I could give you to be helpful as you transition to whatever comes next. Didn't See That Coming is my new book, and I hope that you will check it out.